Hey, I'm Claire Edwards, and I'm here with Michelle Simo, and we're Divorce Doula. We're based out of Lafayette, Louisiana, but we are happy to help people across the globe as they are going through their divorces. We're a family law coaching service that fills in the gaps between the legal concepts and the personal concepts because family law is really personal. Michelle, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Michelle Seymour. Claire just summed everything up perfectly in terms of what we do. Um, and I haven't gotten to talk to Claire, but since my last CDC meeting, we were like talking about websites and we put everything out there. And this one girl from Ann Arbor was like, I'm going to tell everybody in my community about you since you're comfortable doing Zoom stuff. And I was like, yes, send us people. So yes. yeah. So um, for our, our podcast, we want to talk about mindful parents and work schedules. Mm -hmm. And I think mindful parenting is going to end up being part of a broader concept that we push forward. But this is just kind of us dipping our toes into mindful parenting. Um, and the way that we break up our podcast topics is either a psych issue or a legal issue. And when I originally was planning for this one, I thought, oh, parenting work schedules are going to be a legal issue. And the more I dug into it, the less it is actually a legal issue um, and more of a factual issue. So in the law, we break things. I'm a lawyer. Hi, I'm Claire Edwards. I run a law firm in addition to being a family law coach. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. And the way that lawyer brains think about um, anything is we break stuff into the issue, the rule, the analysis, and the conclusion. So when we're dealing with our issue, for example, today's talk would be on what is the best way for mindful parents to consider their work schedules. Um, that's what the podcast issue is. But if we're in a family law case, the issue is who gets custody and what times and what days. The rule in the legal system is, is it in the best interest of the child? I love that I just said a rule as a question. Um, <laughs> the rule is... Uh, that it needs to be in the best interest of the child. And then the analysis is when you get to take into account your actual facts of the case. Does this person work, um, you know, a 14 on, 14 offshore, 14 on land, 14 offshore? Do they, are they a teacher? Are they a, otherwise a professional? Those are the kinds of things the court is looking for to help factually to answer who gets custody. And then, of course, the um, conclusion is what, how the parenting plan comes out. Mm -hmm. What I tend to advocate as an attorney and what I think Michelle is starting to see is really important for parents is the parents can come to agreements by themselves. They don't have to go to the court system. So we mm -hmm. definitely want to help parents understand and be more aware of what is it that they're working with when they're working on custody, especially parenting plans. And I do want to read out because I'm thumbing through my book right now about uh, the exact language of what is it that the court is looking for in Louisiana. The court is to determine custody. In a proceeding for divorce or thereafter, the court shall award custody of a child in accordance with the best interest of the child. Award of custody to parents. If the parents agree who is to have custody, the court shall award custody in accordance with their agreement, unless it's not in the best interest of the child, and in the absence of an agreement, or if the agreement is not in the best interest of the child, the court shall award custody to the parents jointly 
However, if custody of one parent is shown by clear and convincing evidence to serve the best interest of the child, the court shall award custody to that parent. The Civil Code Article 134 is the factors in determining the child's best interest. Mm -hmm. um, you know, abuse, love and affection, capacity and disposition, capacity and disposition, oh, for love and then for food. Length of time the child has lived, places, the permanence of a family unit, the moral fitness of each party, the history of substance abuse, the mental health of each party, the home, school, and community history of the child, reasonable preference of a child, willingness and ability of each party to facilitate and encourage close relationship, distance between the respective residences of the parties, and the responsibility for the care and rearing of the child previously exercised by each party. So it doesn't look like Louisiana actually has a law that says they take into account parenting work schedules. But practically speaking, mm -hmm. every hearing officer asks the first question is, when do you work, parents? What is, what is your work schedule like? And legally speaking, I can squeeze it in to the responsibility for the care and rearing of the child previously exercised by each party. Um, mm -hmm. I can squeeze it into the distance between the respective residences of, of each party because those are factors that are, are relative to a working parent. And then of course, because we have working parents, we're necessarily dealing with um, the moral fitness of each party insofar as it affects the wel welfare of a child. Mm -hmm. If I have major issues uh, with a parent, it's because they're you know not able to hold down a job or not able to hold down a residence. We're not talking about those kind of cases right now. We're simply talking about how can you stable parent who is going through a custody proceeding, how can you have your discussion with your attorney to get the most time with your child mm -hmm. for you? Because you and your spouse probably don't work together or your ex probably don't work together. Um, Michelle, am I making any sense? You're making sense. Um, you're slowly tying these two things together of like the legitimacy of, I mean, I just think about like making a gym schedule or like for me having to make my work schedule, fitting the gym schedule. It's like, you literally have to think about when you are physically available, yes. right? So like in this case, it's like, when when are you available to be with your child? And it's just like tapping into that. And also the awareness of like the other, the other partner and their job and what that's gonna look like for them, right? So this is so funny because I feel like we're oversimplifying it, but this is probably one of the biggest issues and one of the hardest things for parents to wrap their minds around that I've seen in my, it's my so practical. So like not having gone through it, it's hard for me to, to yeah. envision. So, so what's the issue time. there? <laughs> yeah, let's take our time on it because I know we like to come from a, a place of psych, but also of law. Yeah. Um, and we found a great study by Ganadet and Hill done in 2017. It's called Parents Work Schedules and Time Spent with Children. Mm -hmm. it's not written for co-parents or for divorcing spouses, but they find that work schedules influence the amount of time spent with children. And this varies depending on the different attributes of the work schedule. Mm -hmm. So the key things that these uh, researchers ask parents is, is your job flexible? Is your job consistent? And what are the start and stop times? And are they consistent? Mm -hmm. And I know for sure, your attorney is going to be using words like flexible or inflexible, consistent or inconsistent, and the actual times worked. And look, if you're going to an HOC in Lafayette or the surrounding parishes without an attorney, this question will come up. So pay attention. This is what we're talking about. 
So how does this vocabulary apply to your particular industry? I've taken some time to break down industries. I've not talked with anyone from HR. I've not talked with an employment attorney. I am not an employment attorney. So that is my disclaimer for what's about to go down. <laughs> so um, Michelle, let's start with your work schedule versus your gym schedule. How would you describe your work schedule and um, how are you able to fit it in if, as though the gym is your baby, <laughs> as though the gym is the time that you're trying to <laughs> Um, Okay. So, and I read the same article that Claire referred to. And the first thing that it, that it made me think of was not only being available schedule wise, but also when am I most present? So not only quantity of time, but also quality of time. Mm -hmm. And I think that I stressed that when we talked about this, this article and we both read it. Um, So for me with the gym, it's like, I might be able to fit the gym in at six o'clock in the morning, but is that viable when I'm at my night job until 1130. It's like, no, it's not. So then I readjust my mind frame to see when am I both physically and mentally and like energy wise available to do this thing. That's a great way to highlight that. Thank you. Thank you for that personal example. Thank you. Um, so I want to, uh, let me start off with when people go in front of judges, the judge has their own job and they are not used to seeing everyone's schedule. Like it takes their brain a second to recalibrate. There's, for example, at the gym, there's a particular judge who was always at 5.30 body pump. And I I was leaving the gym Tuesday night and I saw her driving away. (laughs) And so I know for her schedule, she's always got that time for her 5.30 uh, class Mm -hmm. because that's, but that's her perspective. So what I'm getting at is, those parents who wouldn't have the opportunity to go to a 5.30 gym class, who wouldn't have the opportunity to have their kids at 5.30 at night on a Tuesday night, this is the judge who's not going to be able to understand that as well, because that's the life she lives. So I want to really have this conversation through the lens of judges see all types of work and you don't know what the case was like that they had before you, you don't know what their personal schedule is like. Um, And I just really want all the parents to understand that the laws are intentionally not firm about when parents get time with their kids based on their work schedules. The legislators do not want to dictate to employers when parents can and cannot work. So that said, let's just talk about some different job structures. I'm going to start off with nine to five. I'm going to go into 14 and 14. Then I'm going to talk about some shift-based work, some call-based work, small business professionals and teachers. Um, do you want to jump into any of those to start with Michelle? Um, you can just go down the list and I'll kind of signal you if I have something to say about it. <laughs> so the nine to fives are going to be an employee job generally, uh, meaning you tend to have a boss and just kind of you show up at nine and leave at five. This could be a flexible position or it could be an inflexible position. It is flexible when When you as the parent are available to take your kid to the doctor's office, it is flexible when you as the parent are able to use the work computer or your phone to sign your kid up for school or swimming lessons or whatever while you're in the office. If you tell your attorney your work is flexible, but traditionally, like every second until the day before you're in that attorney's office, traditionally you have not been taking the kid to the doctor's office or scheduling your kid's activities, the attorney is going to question whether your work is truly flexible because historically it sounds like it has not been flexible. So please be honest, be real when discussing your work with your attorney. 
The other word we're going to be looking at here is consistent. It's pretty obvious that a nine to five is consistent. The employees going in every single Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe Friday, every single nine to five. So that's a consistent work schedule, which mm -hmm. actually lends itself nicely to taking the kid to school or picking them up from school. These consistent jobs are good for, for those little nuggets. Um, if you are the parent who has traditionally not been flexible, I want to give you some tips about talking with your, your boss or your manager, or whoever, about wanting more flexibility as you're going through the custody or divorce process. It is just going to be so much smoother for you personally. Like your lawyer doesn't care, but they have the facts of how you behave, you know. So if you're finally able to talk to your employer, and now you're the one scheduling doctor's appointments. Cool, that's awesome. But again, it comes from that communication between the employee and the employer to make yeah. them aware that you desire to have more flexibility to have time with your kids. Um, as general, like as humans, we can connect and communicate with our coworkers and our bosses. Yeah. This is what this is why we think of this as mindful parenting. It's the willingness to communicate and make those around us aware of what we need. Yeah. That is, and you have to make them aware too. Do what, Michelle? You have to make yourself aware too. Like you have to tap into that reality of like, okay, my work schedule is, or my job type is affecting my my time with my kids and realizing that there needs to be some sort of change there in order to right. and not change, but work around it somehow. Exactly. The work around it is what I'd like to highlight because I think okay. the change is incredibly terrifying for people going through custody problems, mm -hmm. going through litigation at all, because A, litigation is costly. B, they don't, there's an unsteadiness about it. And like, a, what will the other parents say if I switch jobs now, especially yeah. if they're switching jobs from a higher paid job that is really demanding to a lower paid job that actually gives them times with their kids. Yeah. So yeah. I, I do think that's a distinction to make Absolutely. the time to communicate better. You yeah. know, if the current employment can't handle that better communication, then that's yeah. when the time is to shift actual okay. employers. Yeah, thank you for making that distinction. Yeah. Um, so then the next job type I want to talk about is going to be our 14 days on and 14 days off. And I don't mean that rigidly. I mean, just generalized out of town work. I mean, I have a girlfriend who she's not going through a custody battle or anything, but she is basically in Lafayette all the time, works from home. But when they need her on the East Coast, she goes and she goes for, you know, anywhere from two nights to five nights. She's usually back in town by the weekends, but when she's needed, she goes. And so these are the kind of schedules that I'm ready to talk about now. Okay. And also, of course, in Lafayette, we have a lot of offshore workers. Mm -hmm. These guys have this beautiful gift. Y'all, I want to highlight this. They have this beautiful gift of being home and indulging their children with as much quality time as they can squeeze in when they are home. They don't have jobs to go to when they're home. Maybe they have to pop in at the shop every now and then, but like, that is such a gift and such an opportunity. And it's tough because the kids are in school, but it's also great because they have such opportunity to be the loving arms the kids come home to after school. Mm -hmm. you know? So just want to stress that, that that's the, the silver, um, it's like, this is silver mm -hmm. lining of those jobs is that quality time. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so let's use the word flexible for a second. Out of town work is not flexible. Let's, let's not play games, guys. Unless it is you know, be honest and real when you're discussing it with your attorney. Flexible and out-of-town work is when you determine when you go, okay? So this girl I'm talking about who the East Coast bosses say, you fly up, she flies up, that is not flexible. 
She just goes when they tell her to. Right. Consistent. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, um, is a really fair answer to these out of town works. But when someone has an attorney and they're trying to help them with custody, try to let your attorney determine based on your past few months of work history, whether it's been consistent. Here's how the attorney is going to make that determination. They're going to say, you have consistently worked every first and second week outside of Lafayette. Awesome. That's a consistent schedule. Now, they're going to say, if your boss has had to call you back out at work after three days, you've been home for three days, but you thought you were going to be home for like a week, that is absolutely not consistent. It's not bad. Keep the job, work the job. It's just not consistent for the purposes mm -hmm. of guaranteeing to the other parent that you'll be in Lafayette to take the kid to the doctor. Mm -hmm. That's what this whole discussion is about. Right. Um, and then, of course, we, we need to be, have these workers be really mindful about how much control do you have over your schedule. Just be mindful about it. It's okay. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Like, right. we all recognize you're in a high demand job. We yeah. were doing what you have to do for your family. If there's any shame or difficulty about that, just get over it, you know? Like, <laughs> that's, that's what therapists and coaches are here to help about. Yeah. Uh, stay and that's time. part of the, uh, yeah. sorry, part of the mindfulness that, or the awareness that I was tapping into was like, you can't go into this without admitting to those things. Yeah. Sitting down and being like, it's not consistent. It's just not. And then communicating that and then working around that from there. I mean, you can go into it. It's just going to cause even more shame and difficulty and stress and tension. Right. The more upfront an individual is with themselves, the exactly. more objective they are when talking about their schedule, the better they're going to feel about yeah. it. Yeah. It's even a good idea to make a calendar to show yourself and your attorney how much time you have been home. And then mm -hmm. that way you can build time with your children into that schedule when you are home. Yeah, that's a great strategy, actually. Yeah. Well, we like <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so next up on the work is going to be shift-based work. When I was thinking this through, I was thinking about gas station attendance, um, you know, jobs I've had in my past life as like lifeguards or, you know. I know um, Michelle's lived through the shift based of restaurant industry. So it's really simple for attorneys to look at that because it's, it's just a shift. The question here is how are you responding to your shifts like a night shift? And honestly, I kind of want you to jump in Michelle with your um, restaurant industry experience and mm -hmm. also how obviously that affects your gym schedule, which again is kind of our um, imagery for Michelle. <laughs> if you're okay with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, actually that's, a perfect example because I mean, okay. So like knowing I have my night shift, um, sure. I don't have to go in until four o'clock, but prep starts at three o'clock. Right. So it's shifting into that mindset from one thing to the next and then working the night shift. It's just this realization that it all leaks into the next thing. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't sound that late when I say I get home at 10 30 or 11 or 11 30, but then I have things to do. Right. So then it's like, I'm bopping around my house. I may not get into bed until until 2 a.m. And so then again, that awareness of how is that going to affect me as a person tomorrow, whether it's in your office or at the gym or just generally, you know. Um, so I think it's just that awareness of, of how these things really affect you. So not looking at it as, as just a block of time, I'm unavailable from 4 to 11.30 p.m., but how that block of time, that energy that you spend there, how does that affect your energy and presence in other areas of your life? I hope I didn't get too far off track. That's exactly but. what I was hoping that you would talk about. Okay. That's exactly it. 
Um, and so we see a lot of parents because they're parents and they have these obligations called children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they, they have to rush immediately from getting off of work at 1130 to pick the kids up from grandma's house or immediately from getting off work at 1130 to, well, shoot, I got off work at 1130, so I don't get to kiss my kids goodnight. Yeah. So that's the struggle that these parents are facing mm -hmm. and they can set up their childcare accordingly. It's a matter of the choice and how they do it. Um, the court's really not going to come down hard on shift-based parents at all. They want them to see their children. So mm -hmm. it's just a matter of the shift-based parents stressing to their employer, look, I know you don't pay attention to whether I have a consistent schedule. I'm asking you to make it more consistent. It's kind of the opposite of that nine to five schedule we were talking about earlier, begging right. the employer to be more flexible. The shift-based parents kind of have to make sure that their schedule is consistent so they can provide that to the children um, okay. and also to the other parents so that they know when they're going to have the kids and not. Yeah. Cool. Next type of work I want to cover is call-based work. And I, I find that this happens for medical professionals. I have a friend who um, does some kind of nurse work or nurse tech. I never really understood. But um, she goes into work at like 4.30 or 5 in the morning. But she only goes in on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And she's out as soon as the last patient is done. And she's had days where she's there until six in the morning. She's had days where she's there until 3.30 in the afternoon. She's had days when they can't get a patient discharged on time and she's there till six in the evening. So okay. the call-based work is another one that's just real simple for attorneys to look at. You're either on some days or you're off some days. The question here, of course, is how does the parent respond to the call hours? You know, maybe the nurse who's on call Monday, Tuesday, Thursday doesn't want the kids on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. <laughs> maybe she can just make it through without them. But of mm -hmm. course, if that parent who's on call on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday is on a seven and seven schedule, then they're going to have to fill in all the babysitter time on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, mm -hmm. and just be 100% with their kids on that Wednesday, Friday that they have them. Yeah. Any thoughts about call-based work? I'm just trying to wrap my head around that in and of itself, because I'm, I'm envisioning it as like task-based work. So depending, your work day is going to depend completely on what's going on that day. Yeah. So there, there is no, I don't want to say no consistency there, but you don't really have control over, over what happens. Um, and so you saying you might not want to have the kids on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, um, is kind of what I mean by judging, honestly, the, the quantity of time that you're going to be spending with your kids. It's just like, do you, do you want to be there in that place with the shift-based work and not knowing what you're going into or coming out of or when and why? Call-based work. We shifted from shift-based to call-based. Call-based, call So sorry. the reason I'm, I'm, I'm distinguishing them is call-based is a whole day. Yeah. Um, you'll right. hear your medical professional friends be like, I'm on call. <laughs> and yeah, and no, they're, they're not drinking, but they're at the event with you. You know, they can't yeah. drink booze because they have to be available for the phone call yeah. that they're going to eventually get or not get, but they're getting paid yeah. for being on call. Right. So that's a, a tough one, but also a, another beautiful one, kind of like those offshore workers where mm -hmm. when they're not on call, they truly can be 100% with their kids. Yeah. So they're going to want to really stress to their attorney, I am not on call on these days. I want my kids on these days. Right. Right. But they're also going to have to be honest with themselves. I yeah. am on call. So I either need, you know, my mother or my sister or my babysitter 
to right. also be on call for the kids. And share that flexibility for, for those individuals too. Yes. So that's yeah. kind of like a two-sided coin sitting down and being like, okay, like these days aren't the best to have the kids. If I do have the kids on these days, I need these people to also be on call. Can they do that? Exactly. And of course, is another communication opportunity. It is. And a lot of parents, especially moms, um, are nervous about having extra support, especially mm-hmm. paid support. And I try to stress to my clients, and I'm actually imagining a particular call-based client I have, uh, where her schedule jumps up just Thursday morning. She has to be at work at 6.30, but all the rest of the day, she can be at work at 8.30. Mm-hmm. And um, I, we had to have a hard talk about, please get yourself a babysitter to get those kids to school at 6.30, because just the way your ex's schedule works, the seven and seven is best for your kids. This is just one day that you don't have to take care of your kids. And she didn't see it as like a, let me take a break from taking care of my kids. She saw it as like a shameful, oh my God, I have to work. And I'm, I should be able to be the mother who can take care of my kids on Thursday mornings at 6.30. And so mm-hmm. she just felt really conflicted about it. But yeah. at the end of the day, that's what we, you know, in this divorce doula role are here to help Absolutely. alleviate that shame and help stress. Look, mom, <laughs> you're making money, woman. Get yourself yeah. a sitter. <laughs> Get yourself yeah. that free time Thursday morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, call-based work has got a lot of benefits, but also um, it's not especially flexible when those parents are on call. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, And then my last two categories are going to be my small business professionals and my teachers. And small business professionals, that is probably only on here because I am it. (laughs) That's my life. Um, And also, because I have a couple of friends who, you know, live the small business life. Um, and also because I wrote this and we're developing this during tax season. So I know the CPAs have basically just been running their nose into the ground for the past three weeks straight. That's not a super flexible schedule. I mean, it's consistent. They're consistently going to be unavailable to their families the first three weeks mm-hmm. of every year. Mm-hmm. But um, are they going to be flexible? No, they're absolutely not going to be able to take kids to the doctors in April. And I wouldn't want them to as a (laughs) client of a CPA. (laughs) Um, And so these small business professionals, more so than the other professionals, the other professionals need to identify to their attorney what their work is. But because so many small business professionals truly do control their own schedules, they need to talk with their attorney about what they want. And if they don't have structure in their work life now, well, I'm sorry, you have to have structure at the point that you're going through some kind of a custody split. It's time to get that structure in place. So for me, this would look like, I know I will never have structure in terms of court dates. So if I have a um, nine o'clock court date, I have to be dressed and in front of a judge at 9 a.m. So I have to consider that at eight o'clock, I'm gonna, excuse me, at 8.30, I'm gonna be leaving the office to get to court. At eight o'clock, I'm gonna be, at the office to pack up my stuff to bring to court. Mm-hmm. If I'm not able to make it to the office by eight, like, and also drop off the kids beforehand, then I shouldn't be having my kids on mornings that I have court. And right. whether that means hiring a sitter, calling in a favor from my ex, or just sending my kids to my exes the night before I have court, that's the kind of thing for small business professionals to consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just, it's a very, very flexible situation. It's a very inconsistent situation, but those professionals are at a point going through custody where now is the time to make it consistent. Now is the time to remain flexible, be thankful for being flexible, but now's the time to make it consistent. 
Um, and then teachers. Teachers sound so flexible, right? They're like done when the kids are done, right? In mm -hmm. practice, my teachers, like they are pretty jammed up. They are pretty inflexible. Yeah. They of course have a consistent schedule and they have predictable schedules. It's easy for your attorney to like whip out your LPSS schedule and be like, oh, they have school today. Oh, they have a holiday today. That's easy but everything else can be really difficult. Um, and in particular, not all teachers get summers off. So if you're a teacher who wants to work summer school, wants to get that extra, however many thousands of dollars you're gonna get, tell your attorney that, so that you're yeah. not ending up with some kind of big chunk of time with your kids that you either have to pay for summer school or some other situation. But yeah. when sitting down with a custody attorney is the time to discuss all of those things. And um, yeah, this just discusses work schedules. We're not even getting into childcare in detail. <laughs> that just made me think though with uh, teachers and it's not the only job by any means, but we talked about like flexibility in your work schedule, consistency, hours, whatever. But what about like the amount of take-home work that you have? Because when I was teaching at the university, you know, I wasn't spending that much time at the university, but the amount of time I was spending outside prepping for classes, grading papers and things like that was enormous. Yeah, and that harkens back to that call-based work because anecdotally, my friends who have that kind of work will say, oh, I have to do charting. I can't come right, out at night right. I have to stay home and do charting. So that stay-home work is absolutely not even addressed here. Um, I, I personally have um, blinders on about that. I'm of the mindset that I can't work at home. How can anybody do it? So I just, I'm, I'm not the one to ask about that. Yeah, so I guess what I'm saying is, is that's just another thing that should maybe be taken into awareness within yourself. Something that you need to be honest with yourself about like, yeah, sure. I'm home, yes. but still call it your office hours. You might be home, but you have these things to do. So yeah. don't even consider it that you're home because you're really not, you have, you have things that you need to be doing. Yeah. And that harkens to what I was saying about those small business professionals, which is now is the time if you don't have a standard schedule to make a standard schedule mm -hmm. because the court, again, these judges, they have duty from 10 to three. So their standard schedule is if my butt is not in my office from 10 to three, I am not doing my job. So they imagine that other professionals have some kind of a schedule like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And again, we're, we're really just trying to kind of communicate with judges who would be the ones who would make these decisions. Alternatively, again, of course, to stay out of court, we're trying to communicate with the other spouse. So if the other spouse has take home work too, we need them to be honest about it. But if they don't, then they're, you probably broke up with them because they had no way of understanding why in the world is she doing all this extra work outside of work. Yeah. So um, yeah, those are absolutely great considerations. Awesome. Ultimately, I want clients to understand that their profession is not what the judge is used to seeing. The judge sees all types of work and you don't know what they had before you. Mm -hmm. Clients need to understand that the laws are intentionally not firm about when parents get time with their kids based on their work schedules. The legislators do not want to dictate to employers when parents can and cannot work. And again, I'm not an employment attorney. Please seek the advice of an employment attorney if you're getting pushed back against additional flexible hours or a more consistent yeah. schedule. And then the psych review found that um, Consistent and flexible schedules are best for maximizing time spent with children, both in quantity and quality. So having work days that are inconsistent is not helpful for caregiving and they make spending time with children a little more difficult. 
-hmm. Ultimately, please be mindful and reflect with yourself about what your work schedule is like. Be prepared to communicate your work reality to your attorney and stay mm -hmm. objective. Yeah, absolutely. And these aren't, obviously kind of tapping into these issues opens up other issues that need to be solved. So it's not necessarily even about the solution. It's just about the mindfulness. Absolutely. And that's literally the topic, the mindfulness of figure exactly. these things out, be honest with yourself, be able to communicate it to who it needs to be communicated to. Absolutely. Well, y'all, thanks for listening with us. Thanks for taking time to tune in and get a little more mindful about our work schedules. I'm Claire Edwards, and I'm here with Michelle Simo, and we are with Divorce Doula, which is family law coaching based out of Lafayette, Louisiana.